building better relationships at home and at work for people who have more than enough on their plate. Two coaches dangling the possibility of finding joy in your relationships. Do you dare to consider life can be better? Have a listen and tell us why. So this topic today, the world needs more empathy, was specifically because uh, of the quality of, of Patty and myself as coaches. So today we're going to look at what is empathy, uh, how do coaches, especially Patty and myself, use empathy, and how that would also be relevant to uh, those looking at the areas that Patty and I both touch in. So Patty and I have met through her program, the Work-Life Balance Program, and that's in the description in the link below if you want to check that out. Patty's a leadership coach and she's looked at how to balance different pieces of people's lives. Myself being working with love and relationships, I've looked at how to create that balance on the inside so people can uh, enjoy their, their relationships with more balance and more freedom. So Patty, um, today I was just introducing how We've met each other through your work-life balance program and, and this topic of the world needs more empathy today, we're going to look at how, what brought us together, how, how we have that connection to using empathy, you within your leadership coaching and myself within relationships and finding that inner balance in yourself and how to uh, use empathy in the personal level. Um, so firstly, Patty, would you like to share a little bit about yourself and what empathy has meant for you in terms of who you are as a leadership coach and who you are when you work with people as a leadership coach? I use empathy. How I use in coaching is I can feel people's emotions. And when I'm talking to them and working with them, I can ask the questions that need to be asked to really bring them deep into what they're feeling, and what they want in life. Empathy is about being able to, the ability to be able to connect with other people's emotions and how they're feeling, and being able to read what they're feeling. And using it as a coach, you can ask the right questions to get them to realize really what they want or how to solve that problem uh, by asking the right questions because it's, it's within the client. They know mm -hmm. what they need, what they want and what they need to do. They just don't know how to get there. And as a coach, when I use empathy, I'm, I'm getting them there because I can see their emotions, feel their emotions, and read their body language of what's really oh, okay. going on so that I ask the right questions. And sometimes we go very deep and they do get emotional, but that's what they need to get to where they want to be and to create the life that they want. A lot of people that um, I work with, they're very career driven and they've left, they don't have any personal life because they, all they've done is focus on their career and everything else has been put aside. So I'm helping them get there 
to find out how how to get what they really want in life. If they want a relationship, um, help them uh, figure out what kind of hobbies they like, those kind of things. Do they do they want to have children? Do they want to get married? Do mm-hmm. they want to have a life outside of work? Or do they want to keep promoting and have a career life, but also have a little bit of something else in life other than just a career working 24-7? Right. So there's a couple of things I wanted to draw on. And for those of you who are watching who struggle with empathy or find um, what Patty's sharing about, she feels people's emotions, she senses what questions to ask. If you're an empathic person or you find that you pick up people's emotions and you're struggling with anything, please pop that um, experience that you might want us to troubleshoot uh, because I'm going to share a few uh, tips and strategies and Patty's as well, especially because Patty's in the leadership position and I'll look at personal relationships or being an empathic person. So one of the things that you've shared, Patty, that I wanted to touch on in terms of um, a lot of people who might look at empathy and in particular coaches as well I've heard some coaches say that they don't like to pick up people's emotions so that they may not actually they might cut off that part or they might um, if they're feeling people's emotions might step out of that might try to do strategies that cut off the emotion or maybe sidestep the emotion Um, What I relate to you as, as a coach, is that you actually use that ability to feel people's emotions, not to indulge into the emotion, which would be sympathy or pretty much letting the client just be a crybaby and sit in the emotion, but it's actually to go deeper into what's actually been experienced. And then from that point, you're building a strategy about what the client really, really, really wants and also about who they really are because I think one of the difficulties with emotions or I know one of the difficulties with emotions is that we get stuck in them and we identify ourselves as as if we are that emotion rather than actually understanding what's that emotion presenting as an opportunity for us to understand better and also how to express it and how to um, move beyond that emotion to understanding and then what action steps to take so when you're talking as a coach who, who uses um, questions to under, help people understand themselves better, can you share as a, a leader in your team environments how you've worked with a group of people so there might be a lot of emotion and you've used your empathic abilities to sort of go, hang on, hang on, how do we move forward can you share an experience or some story that you've had i'm putting you on the spot here but i'm just thinking of how in a leadership role that you found your empathic skills benefit when when you can read people um some people will close themselves off especially in a group dynamic I will draw them into the conversation and ask a question to them and pull them into the, the group dynamic. You have people that close themselves off, that just shut down, and then you have people that just try to take over. Um, and 
maybe be uh, aggressive. I will ask questions to other group members to get them involved in, into the, the dynamics. Because you don't want one person to take over the group. And when people start feeling comfortable because you're asking uh, questions and, and making them feel uh, comfortable and engaged and um, safe, it, it, people will open up when they feel safe. When they mm -hmm. feel unsafe, they won't open up. So if you ask the right questions and um, it not be confrontational, you will have more uh, feedback and um, engagement in the group. It's all about making people feel comfortable and feel like they're being heard when you're doing group dynamics, um, coaching sessions, and that everybody feels they have a voice. When people don't feel they have a voice, they they won't uh, contribute. And you want everybody mm -hmm. to contribute because if they're a team, that's what being a team is, is everybody being part of the group and showing their, um, their reason for being in the group and what they can contribute to the group. Thank you for sharing that because what I'm noticing is in a group dynamic, empathy is just what you're saying. The safety is necessary on a personal level or in one-on-one -on -one relationships with two people, but in a group dynamic, you need that safety too. And you're talking about groups in a team environment through professional situations, but the same goes for like families or any group, a volunteer group, a religious group. Uh, without that sense of safety and being able to have a voice, people start to as you're saying, put up the walls. And I know that you're very sensitive when people do that and, and one of your gifts as a coach is to find that question that engages them as you're sharing. So, Patty, um, I think can we go a little bit more into the area of what exactly is empathy? Because I wanted to really clarify that in the topic before we, we go further into more strategy building because there are some misperceptions about empathy. Um, one of the reasons I believe that we're having misperceptions about what empathy is, is that the world's very unstable at the moment. It appears to be. Things are changing quickly. Corporations are changing. Alliances between countries are changing. Um, people don't know where they stand. So sometimes empathy is seen as sometimes uh, it takes too much time. Uh, why should I put myself in your shoes? My life isn't going that well. I'm stressed. <laughs> if you're an empathic person, you might be feeling everybody else's stuff. Yeah. So why should you stop because you're already taking on all of their energy so empathy has become sort of like this uh, burdensome thing um so can you share what is empathy from your point of view and how it's not what i just shared <laughs> empathy to me is the ability to uh to to see feel um imagine somebody else's emotions and what they're going through and um, you sense it and for me when um, I, I can 
when I'm working one-on-one -on -one with somebody and I'm asking the questions, I can see if I'm face-to-face -face with them, what, what they're going through. I can feel uh, the emotion and I draw from that. And um, yes, you, it, it, it is scary because you don't want to go down to take in everything and, and then go down in that pit with them. You have to be careful. Um, but by actually knowing what they're going through and being able to ask the questions to lift them up and come up with a solution is so important for them because they need to come up with a solution to put it into action and it needs to come from within. And coaching sessions, when you get there, where they've been pushing that emotion down and, and they release it um, and they come up with the solution, takes a big, you can just see after they come to that aha moment, uh, that relief inside them. Um, and the thankfulness and the gratefulness. For me, that's so important, is seeing them realize what they truly want and to uh, actually put it into action and do it and um, be happy and um, all of those things. But yes, you have to be careful not to go down in that pit uh, if that's where they're at, um, but be able to to pull them up to succeed. Um, a beautiful coach once uh, said to me, it's like holding a shining light. So if someone's fallen into the pit, you've got the light at the top of the hole and they're looking at that. And you and another teacher of mine also said, instead of jumping into the pit with them, you give them a ladder. Yes. But it's really also as um, you're saying earlier, you're saying about creating that safe space in the session and between sessions as well, that you're holding on to the vision with the client. The client may not believe that in the vision or believe that they can be that step, they can't make that leap over the place from where they are now to a different location. But you in a way hold that and you hold the container of safety for them to make that step or to climb up the ladder out of the hole if they're in a hole. Um, and that's a big thing that I've noticed with in the world that there's a lot of change and people are sort of feeling more emotions uh, in general. If, if it's on the social media, the social media is more dramatic and more emotional. People are so easily sucked into emotion these days. I mean, I'm, I used to be big on that too. But the other thing that coaching has taught me is to actually say, well, hang on, what's actually really going on here instead of jumping into the emotion with everyone else? And that's what the difference with empathy is. It's looking at the emotion from a different perspective and not wallowing in it. And I think some coaches may not actually know that distinction. They might sort of say get over the emotion or avoid it. But it's actually what is that emotion showing you uh, and if you are an empathic person and you struggle with picking up people's emotions, 
that's a very important lesson to move through. And it might be a lesson that you need to do for a couple of years. Don't expect to be a master at it if you're naturally empathic and you pick up a lot of emotion. But one of the most important things you can do is to listen to the emotion and go, what is it actually trying to show me and not wallow in the emotion and just start a dialogue with it. That's why coaching sessions like your sharing, Patty, create that conversation. So you can look at the emotion and not beat yourself up about it. And then from that understanding, you can start to build a different strategy. So if you are experiencing that you get swept up in a lot of emotion, some of the tools that um, Patty and myself share, Patty has the work-life balance program, which you can check out below because it's looking at different pieces of your life and actually understanding how to prioritize them or how to balance them. And also in the description, I also have an emotional management class, which looks at a protection tool, especially if you're energy body, very receptive. It's an emotional management class, which will give you a tool to balance your energy. So you don't have to pick up everything that's going on around you and to look at some questions to ask. So you don't get swallowed up by the emotion. So have a look at those links below and see if they might be of service to you. And, um, the other piece that I wanted to look at, Patty, is um, empathic people and who they are, what are their traits, because you've worked in different environments. I work more with personal relationships and you've worked in more corporate and government and other teams. So empathic people can be anywhere. They're not just a nurse or a healer or, 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 or a parent. Um, who are empathic people and how do you recognise them and um, who are they? Empathic people, sometimes they'll take on um, the group dynamic um, and their characteristics may change because they're feeling um, what's going on around them and they're frust they get frustrated, they don't like it. Um, especially when people are negative, they pick up that negative emotion and um, they're trying to push it away. And sometimes they get sucked into it and um, they get into overwhelm. It says them out. They don't want to be around that. And, um, and um, it over, it, it really, uh, they'll, they'll try to isolate themselves because they don't want to feel, they don't want to feel what others are saying or, or, or uh, they don't want to be around that negative energy and it can really, really suck them down. And um, so you can, you can tell somebody that uh, when things are getting, um, when people are gossiping or uh, criticizing others, they really take it to heart. Sometimes they get caught up in it because everybody else is doing it, and then they start backing away because they don't wanna. They don't wanna be part of it. Um, there, sometimes the personalities will change to what the behavior is with the group. Um, having a lot of empathy can sometimes bring you down. Because you can, you're, you're feeling, you're, you're seeing and you're feeling what they're feeling. And 
you don't know how to pull yourself out of it. So a lot of times you block, you block yourself and you isolate yourself so that you don't fall into that pit. That's the downside. That's interesting. <laughs> That's the downside. An empathic person is someone who sucks up people's energy. People. Um, They're the, the people that people go to and tell their problems to. They, they're okay. people feel uh, feel at ease talking to them about their problems. They're kind people, um, caring people, right? And recently, I've interacted with a lot of introverts. But say what you were saying earlier about blocking out people's energies. Some of them can be critical about other people's negative energies so yeah. they go through a period empathic people go through growth cycles too so the behavior you're describing where they might, might withdraw can be a period of withdrawal um, and I've also worked and connected with highly sensitive people that need to actually go into a different room sometimes mm -hmm. if they're picking up too much they literally use a strategy to put themselves in a different room or a different space until they can actually collect themselves and then move back into the connection and so empathic people may be people who are learning how to balance that ability inside themselves they're not necessarily um hi cheryl they're not necessarily people who are a drain on on the group but they're still learning how to balance that nature of themselves and they become really important like you're saying they're people that people can go and talk to or there can be people that act out yes. a dynamic in a group. They don't like it. And I say children. You know, so they act out. Um, and I've done that. Yeah, so <laughs> you've done it. lost control because it's just too much. Yeah. 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 It's too much. So can you share a strategy, um, Patty, when if you're with a group? And you see someone acting out, what might be a strategy that you've used to help to, that energy get integrated in the group again or help that person in the group? I actually asked him, um, how, what are you feeling right now? What's, what's going on? Um, discuss, how does that move, discuss move what, the energy? Uh, yeah. what is, what is happening and why you're, why you're upset or frustrated um, so that we can get down to uh, what what's going on you know the, and how do you little things determine... become big things it mm. there's something else down there it's not just what we see on the surface there's something else going on that's causing people to react the way that they are. It could be many years of frustration that is happening. And this one little thing turns into a big thing because it's many years of, of frustration. And it and, just and you sets and I people have, off. You and I have mentioned before that often a group dynamic can replay dramas or unexpressed emotions from the family dynamic of the person yes. and it comes out in a group somebody and, reminds uh, you of a family member mm -hmm. 
or an old relationship you had and that person yeah. just triggers you yes <laughs> yeah so as a leader in a in a group when you've seen someone acting out or unable to express um, it sounds like you've gone up to that person individually and, and actually got them to verbalize how are you feeling or what are you feeling? And it depends on the nature of the group, whether you do that in front of the group or you might have a one-on-one. -on -one. A lot, um, yes. It, it depends on um, the person. You kind of get to know people in your group. You know when they feel more comfortable just one-on-one -on -one, or if they do want to talk about it in a group. A lot of times I'll talk one-on-one -on -one and then I'll bring in the other person to talk about it because when you don't talk about things, it, it, the problem never gets solved. And a lot of times it's all misunderstanding. I really believe most people do not intentionally try to piss people off. I, I truly believe that and it's a misunderstanding. It's different personality uh, ways that people handle things or um, we all come from different backgrounds. We, uh, like you said, with the family, family dynamics, we all could, we have different communication styles. And then when you actually sit down and you talk about what's what's really going on, the other person says, oh, no, I didn't mean to do that. This is what I meant, you know. And then you solve those problems of the miscommunication. But when you don't talk about it, it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And little things start triggering, triggering and causing a lot of um, negativity and criticism and things like that. So the more that you talk about things, and sometimes, you know, I'll give examples or stories of things that I've done in the past, and um, that helps people open up. Because, you know, I've made lots of mistakes. <laughs> I try to learn from them and not keep repeating them, but, you know, we're all human and we make mistakes. We're not perfect. But being able to admit that you've done something offensive and you apologize for it um, makes you a better person. And um, hopefully that can help the damage that was done. Sometimes damage can't be, um, but you can learn to forgive. Mm -hmm. You know, if you talk about it. And, um, and then there's some people that that never say sorry and won't say sorry and you have to learn to let that go too as well yeah so it's understanding as um what i've noticed with some empathic people when they have expectations that everybody should understand them they find that piece very difficult some people are just going to be who they are they're not going to be apologetic because really they don't have anything to apologize in in their experience and they probably don't they were just being who they were, but an empathic person will take it too personally yeah. and hold on to it in the negative way yeah. until they learn what you're saying. Just some people won't apologize and that's who they are and that's okay. And that's one of the learning blocks of a person who's perhaps empathic to a point where they've 
been doing it in a negative manner, but they also, empathic people, have the ability to see and understand people from different points of view, and that's just their different points of view. And so that was the cause for the, for the title of the blab today, The World Needs More Empathy, because we're seeing a lot of positioning in our world these days, like this is my point of view and that's yours and whatever, I don't care about you. But really it's about seeing, well, that is your point of view. So I don't have to care about it, but I need to accept it. And that's different. I don't have to love your point of view. I don't have to agree with it, but I have to see it and accept it. And that can be a process. You're not going to immediately just be Zen and Buddhist and accept everything. Uh, So (laughs) our world is going through a really um, growth spurt, like a teenager, about empathy because we're seeing it in action in our daily lives, in our political world and in our personal relationships as well. And I wanted to share about um, personal relationships, like an intimate relationship, a parent and a child or a um, a family member or a, a spousal relationship partner, because what we're also seeing in the world is a very different relationship to power in our personal relationships. Our world, previously, there used to be a boss who told us what to do, or in a family, there used to be a typically a father, but I come from Italian background, so our mother told us a lot to do as well. And and in my family, there was a lot of comedy, well, kind of drama and comedy, because my father was a boss and then my mother was a boss, and they used to fight about who's a boss, who's a boss. So I love that TV program from the 80s, who's a boss, because <laughs> that was when we were growing up. And I was like, yeah, that's like my family, who is the boss? Um, But the roles of male and female are very much changing in families now and we're seeing a lot more men doing the nurturing maternal aspect. We're seeing a lot more women doing the career and the financial aspect. So that has definitely changed our empathic barometers because we've had to throw out a lot of the rules about who's the boss here and what's right and what's wrong. And also we're learning that even if I think I'm the boss, Am I right to really tell that person what to do? Or am I right to expect that they should understand me and they should listen to my problems when I want them to understand? So empathy in personal relationships is going through a huge, beautiful growth spurt. I'm thinking about teenagers here where it's kind of a bit awkward and weird. But it has to be because we can't keep expecting people to do what we want. We need to, as you said earlier, Patty listen to them and go, well, what are you feeling and what's going on for you right now? And start to build empathy from a place of truly just listening and and going into what that person is feeling and experiencing and their perception of the world. Um, so I wanted to share that about personal relationships because it, it's very important about what you're saying in a group dynamic. If we don't express, if we don't ask the person in a group or in a personal relationship what are you experiencing what are you feeling and don't get them to communicate what happens is we're operating on a lot of assumptions Mm -hmm. and those assumptions are dangerous they're literally putting us in roles that we're no longer playing Uh, the roles in our relationships are changing we're evolving and things are different so people need to be able to express more clearly what they're experiencing so we can create better boundaries, better ways of communication so we can create new roles or new ways of relating and communicating in relationships. 
So, Patty, I wanted um, you to share a couple of things, but I just wanted you to talk on that piece if, if there was something that came up for you. You don't have to agree with somebody um, what their opinion is. But kind of understanding where they're coming from makes makes it a little easier to digest. All of us are going to have different opinions, but there's a way to be respectful about it and um, not sit and argue and uh, be demeaning. So having a little bit of empathy in this world, I think, is real important because there's so many lonely people out there and um, hurting people. And if you just show a little bit of kindness and respect, maybe we could change the world that we live in today. Thank you. And Patty, you were um, sharing something, you mentioned that some people are lonely out there, yeah. kindness. Um, so I'm looking at how empathic people who may be feeling too much and then cut themselves off. You might end up feeling cut off or you might be feeling overwhelmed. Some things that you've um, mentioned, you've got a blog post below about the, that's in the description about the flotation experience. Yes. So what are some things that you've done to, um, if you're feeling cut off or overwhelmed, what did, firstly, could you describe, because you are an empathic person, what you might do, what's that process for you that you do to get out of feeling overwhelmed or what, whatever you're experiencing and to connect? I like to have me time. <laughs> I like to get away. I like to get outdoors. It, it, it helps me clear, clear my thinking and um, help clear me from overwhelm. <clears throat> One of my friends, one of my fellow coach friends, she actually uh, told me about flotation, which is um, kind of show you. Um, it's it's a pod and it's filled with Epsom salt, and um, you float, and it's good. I have a lot of back pain, so it's good for back pain, and um, you uh, float in this flotation tank with Epsom salt. And Epsom salt's good because it, it, it pulls out the toxins in your body. And um, I like, when I float, I like to have um, the, light, the blue light on and um, also have relaxing music. And I do it for an hour. Uh, I, I should do it a lot more than I do. <laughs> But um, it's very relaxing, and it and, um, gives you time to if um, pray about situations or meditate or mm -hmm. just uh, shut off. We all need that time to shut off sometimes and spend some time just for yourself. And um, I really enjoy it. I feel so much better after I do it. And I'm like, why don't I do this more often? Because I... I I actually go when I'm feeling to the point where I'm uh, burnout or overloaded and I should do it much more. So that helps me relax. <laughs> and um, it's, it's really relaxing to me. If you're a person that doesn't like to be alone or, uh, you know, spend time alone with yourself, then it probably isn't for you, but I really like it. And, um, and my skin feels really good afterwards. 
Yeah, you know, my dad used to do an Epsom bath. Uh-huh. I don't know if that's what he was doing. He used to say it was for all sorts of other health issues that he had, but maybe he was just defragging instead of lying on the couch. Dad used to literally lie horizontal on the couch because uh-huh. he worked very hard. And I, I'm a big, um, I do a lot of things horizontally because it literally, like if you think about the body system, we're working against gravity a lot, lying on the grass or lying on a couch. I've watched a lot of people do that and I always think, why are they doing that? And it's literally just to get a different point of view. And I've been also doing a lot of connecting to nature to just get out of that. If I'm feeling overwhelmed or if I'm feeling a lot of my environment too much, I know I'm not in balance. I'm not, I'm not aligned inside. So usually I go in and breathe into my heart and I just anchor that into the earth and I can do that in the house. I can do that in the garden. I can do that in a lot of places. But I, I've been doing it more because typically if I'm overwhelmed, I'm not aligned inside. And I, it's like you're saying, instead of waiting till you're at the extreme, it's picking it up during the week when you might feel a bit tetchy or if I'm with my partner and a bit rude, <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> what's not right here? <laughs> and um that's one of the benefits of an intimate partnership. They can give you facial expressions that make you go, okay, something's not right here. What am I, <laughs> what's not yeah. in balance? I know when I start feeling um, anger or frustration or overwhelm or burnt out, I know that I need to get away and just relax and um, get away from everybody. And um, this is a way to do it, and it's really good for your health. They've done a lot of scientific uh, studies on it. Wow. But um, it's something that can help somebody that's feeling overwhelmed and stressed out. It's another method that you can use. Uh, And that reminds me of some of um, the people you work with, Patty, because you work with a lot of I don't like the word workaholic because I don't think it actually does them justice. But you work with some people that are high achievers and may get their life out of balance. Someone like myself, I'll make sure I get meditation and that practice in daily and that's part of how I am and who I am. But some of your people are in leadership positions where they're very much demanded and expected to play a certain role. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so you're you're looking at strategies also for people who really push themselves to the edge for a purpose, obviously sometimes, but sometimes at the expense of their own well-being and balance. So I wanted to address the leadership, empathy in leadership, because in our world right now we're seeing a lot of leaders who we might label them as being one-minded and driven, and that's a negative thing. Um, But also there's a positive to that. When we see a leader that's driven, it's actually very good at moving things ahead. So we we get that in our world. However, there's a lot of judgment about um, leadership in corporations where they're not thinking about the little people and they're not thinking about their employees. And I know that's a topic that you write on in great depth. Uh, You've got a couple of books about that as well. So can you share how empathy in leadership is important in, in, in this world that we're seeing a lot of change and a lot of change in power structures? 
I feel being a good leader is being able to um, really connect with your people that are that um, are in your um, management, in part of your um, that you manage by knowing your people and understanding them and understanding their strengths and their weaknesses and um, always pushing them to do better or things that they don't know, think that they can do and actually watching them succeed and do it. When you're a disconnected leader, your people are disconnected and they're not, and they don't feel that you um, respect or care for them. And they're not going to give their 100, 100% to you or the company. And you may have a lot of turnover, and then you're spending a lot of money retraining people over, you know, new people and things like that. Your biggest asset is your employees, and it affects your bottom line. And if you're not showing respect and um, cultivating within the company people, whether it's through coaching, training, employee development, spending time with your staff and really getting to know them. If you're stuck in your office with your head to the computer and you never get up and say good morning or hi or how's it going to your people, they don't know you and you're just barking out orders and um, you, only, you only talk to them when it's something they've done wrong, what message are you sending to your, your staff? And leaders need to be good communicators, and they need to have a little empathy. And we're not seeing that in today's world. We're actually seeing the opposite. If more people really got to know their staff and actually saw how hard they work and that they give 110% every day, and all you do is come out and you find a little error and you point it out to them and you never say, oh, you know what, you really did really well on this report. I really like it. There, there's a couple things that I recommend that you change, and you say it like that. Instead of saying, oh, and cross and red and all over it and, and humiliate them, they're, you know, it's not going to be a very good work environment. But if you encourage your employees, and um, of course you have to point out their mistakes yeah. and coach them and mentor them and make them better and show them the way. And give them the training and the coaching that they need. But it doesn't have to be in such a harsh way. It can be in a, a nicer way, but we don't see that that often. So when you do have a leader that takes you under their wing and mentors you and shows you the way, that can make a difference to the company and um, their success. It's a, it's a big difference and I wanted to go back to what is the message when we have leaders or corporations 
that don't pay attention to the relationships and the respect of each person from management to the people underneath management and from the staff to management. When we have corporations that engender a lack of communication or clear delineation of boundaries and not really understanding the value of management and the people underneath that, what is that message that the corporations are putting out? Um, because I think that's what is actually creating this sense that there is no empathy within certain corporations. And I know this is a little bit alternative way of looking at it. However, I do feel I hear a lot of people dis... Um, The way I look at I was it interrupted. is out there and you get to know your employees and you get to know what they're doing and um, ask them questions about their job and what could be more efficient. and change change will happen and people will get excited about their work because they feel like they have a voice. When people feel like they don't have a voice or they, they can't talk to people about, okay, we have this new project. It's not working the way we want it to work. I have some ideas I would like to tell you about it, but when you have a closed manager that doesn't want to hear anything or doesn't want to uh, hear your point of view, then that can be frustrating for the employees. But when you can sit down and actually talk to your employees and say, what's working, what's not working, what can we do better, um, and actually listen, um, they feel like they're being heard. Even if you you listen to them and, and you just point blank tell them, you know, that this is why I can't do it this way, but you give a why. People are, are uh, more receptive to that than just barking orders to them and telling them that they can't do that or they feel like they're not being heard. People feel like they, they want to be making a difference in their job. They want to feel appreciated and that they are making a difference when they can't go in and make suggestions or talk to you as a leader they become complacent and it just, you know, they're just going through the motions. But when they feel like they're invested in the job and that they're being heard, um, they're much more happier. And your products and your customer service and everything uh, exceeds because people are happy and they want to come to work every day. And one thing I've learned from... Um the work-life balance program too. It's also, if you're in a work environment that's truly not listening to you, what is that actually saying to you? Is it about moving on from the job? Is it about looking at another way to do your job, transferring within the company? 
um, developing a group outside of your company that can nourish you because that's really big stuff that I think a lot of people who are really frustrated with either their company or the job that they're working in, what is that actually saying to you about where you want to go in life? Right. And in terms of um, your personal relationships, if you're in a relationship where you're feeling squashed or you're feeling like you can't truly express, it goes back to what we were sharing earlier what are you feeling? Because once you tap into that, then you can start to look at, well, this is why I'm feeling this way. This is what I'm feeling. Why am I feeling this way? And what change you can do from that place rather than just continuing to wallow in feeling stuck. Right. You feel like a caged, trapped animal and you don't know what to do and you're very unhappy and it's hard to get out of bed in the morning to go to work. But when you have... Um something to strive for another solution or uh, a change within maybe it's me maybe it's this or having some some other outlet like you said maybe volunteer for something if you you know or work towards another career or uh, ask for a transfer to another department Um, something new and fresh and exciting in your life instead of the same old, same old, that's where people can become complacent and um, disgruntled and all of those things. But if you have something to look forward to or you feel appreciated in your work and your job and you're taking on new projects or just, um, I think, just feeling like you have a voice makes a difference. And so many people don't feel that way. They feel like they just mm. go to the job and um, they're not making a difference or nobody cares about them or, you know, they're just there. You know, they're a number. Remember that old saying, I'm just a number? A lot of people feel yeah. that way. That they, you know, uh, that they can be replaced um, in an instant instead of being a valuable asset to the corporation. Great. Well, thank you, Patty, for putting that voice out in the leadership community and committing to that. And you have the Coaching for Inspiration Facebook page. You also have a a leadership group for those in leadership Mm -hmm. that want to brainstorm about bringing that empathic awareness. And it's not just empathy. It's listening skills. It's team building. It's working with team dynamics. That's in the uh, leadership group that you have on Facebook as well. And um, Patty, is there anything else that you would like to share with people before we close about working with empathy or working with leadership and empathy? Yeah. Um, like you said, with um, creating a work-life balance plan for you. Everybody's different. Everybody has different values. Everybody has um, different goals or what they think balance is. Same with leadership. Mm. I always try to strive to be better, a better human, a better mother, a better parent, um, a better uh, spouse or a, a, a better leader. And um, the more that you become a better person, the better leader you become. Mm. Relationship is a lot. 
um, when you isolate yourself as a leader, how can you be a leader if you don't even know uh, your employee's name or know, uh, know what the employee does or see the employee's work, how they interact with their coworkers, how they interact with their customers, how um, they do make a difference um, to the company. So being a better leader is all about you and how you connect with others. It's not mm -hmm. just about financial uh, numbers, uh, the bottom line. Those things will come if you are there to know what's really going on in your company. And to really know what's going on with your company, you have to communicate with your employees and, and really listen and um, think about what they tell you. Think about it and say, okay, this is what this person told me. Is, is this something that we can work on to make better? Or this is where we're really striving. Um, we're doing great. You know, uh, the feedback from your, your employees is so important, and you have to be open to listen. Now, there are some employees that are going to, you know, try to take advantage of that. You have to have yeah. boundaries. And you have to, you know, when somebody crosses those boundaries or gets right up to the edge, you need to communicate that because you don't want to be taken advantage of either. So a lot of um, what I teach, and as you know, um, Angela, is boundaries. Boundaries in your personal life and boundaries in your work relationship lives. So um, leadership is a lot. It's a big responsibility. And if you're just in it for a paycheck, which a lot of people are when they get into management, I, you know, is that really what you want? Are you going to be mm -hmm. happy in that job? Because being in leadership is about knowing your staff and um, being an encourager and a motivator. And um, uh, you have to have some empathy. You have to um, be able to be able to build relationships with people, you know, in, in a professional way, um, and and know how to uh, distance yourself in some. You know, you you have to have a balance uh, in okay. leadership with all aspects of your life. Mm. Thanks, Patty, because I know that some leaders perhaps would have a different point of view to what you're sharing, but I know a lot of empathic people and I know empathic people in leadership that need more, I guess it's guidance about those correct boundaries. Mm -hmm. And it's not correct that they're going to be the same for every person. It's going to be unique to your organisation, unique to what your purpose is in your enterprise or um, your business or organisation that you work in but it's building that awareness as a leader of what's appropriate for the group that you're in and for the purpose that you're serving. And, and in terms of boundaries for the empathic people as well, I've worked a lot with that with the energy body 
and that's what I'm bringing more and more back into my work. It's something I did with the dance healing back in the 80s and well, not the 80s, the 90s. And I was doing it unconsciously in the 80s, but pretty badly as a child. And the uh, understanding of your personal boundary for empathic people is, is another extremely important boundary. Like what are you actually letting into your energy field? And when that is actually encouraging you to wallow in your emotions or get swamped by them, and also what can enhance your energy field and clean it and uh, lift up the vibration of your energy field. So that's where I've got some strategies as well. If you want to check out the link below, um, Patty has her links there for both the article on the flotation tank and also live your best life now, that work-life balance program. And in my link below, you can find the emotional management class. And also, if you want to learn more about the energy body, how to learn how to manage your energy field and literally lift up your energy so you can take in emotion but not be swallowed by it, uh, I'm, I'm doing a program and uh, it'll be launched at the end of this month. So you can join the monthly newsletter link that I have in the description below. And then I'll keep you up to date with the energy body program that'll share more about those healthy boundaries in your energy field. So I wanted to give a big thank you to all of those who are joining us today. Uh, if you are watching the replay and you have some questions about, could be empathy, boundaries, leadership, personal relationships, pop them in the, in the comments section. Check out the links in the description if you want to find out more about anything that uh, we've shared today as well. And thank you so much, Patty, for sharing your wisdom and gifts about that leadership that is based on respect and empathy for everyone involved. And, yeah, just wanted, wanted to leave it to you, Patty, if you have any closing comments. Yeah, if you're watching the replay, please um, put replay and um, tell us any of your comments of what you feel uh, we've discussed or your point of view of what we discussed. We would love to hear uh, your feedback of what you thought of the Facebook Live. And thank you for watching, everybody that's watching right now. And also, please put your comments below. We would love to hear your thoughts. We really appreciate all the love hearts as well. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Melissa. Okay. Thank you so much, Patty. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Okay. Bye. Thank you for listening to Building Better Relationships with Angela and Patty. Send us a message. And please like or share the podcast or donate with the Anchor Donate button. We really value your feedback.